our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. You guys are in for a treat today, if I do say so myself. I love the episodes where we can just talk up-ish, you know? Oh my God, I thought you were going to swear on the podcast. I was like, this is family friendly. We can't do that. It's not like we're nearly 27, you know, but... Well, you know, ever since someone told me that they listened to the podcast with their 10-year-old on the way to school, it's changed how I speak. Oh my gosh, okay. We are polished. We're like the SpongeBob meme where he's like so polished, he's like shiny. (laughs) Yeah. Don't expose your children to potential profanity, just expose them to potential arguments, you know, content. I think it's teaching them skills. Yeah, look, that's neither here or there. We talk about arguing on the podcast every episode, you know, we need to move on from it. How's your week been? I feel like it's been like a big month for you. Tell me about your life. Well, I have just moved in to my new house and I'm trying to be like a hostess. I'm trying to like channel my inner, I don't know, like person that likes to do things for people in their house. It's not usually me. Like I remember once someone asked if I could grab them a water and I was like, get it yourself. Like it's not who I am. I do not host. Wow. Just call you barefoot Contessa. <laughs> Stop it. Just call you Nigella Lawson. That's who I'm trying to be. I'm just trying to be like Martha Stewart. Like that's all I want right now. And so on Sunday I hosted for breakfast, for lunch and for dinner. Like I hosted three different groups of people. Okay. Like the first time I ever hosted was back in my Hamilton house like three years ago. And I remember almost crying because I was so stressed out. I had made butter chicken. It was my colleagues from work coming. Like it was it was a couple. <laughs> it wasn't even that hard. And I had a friend over helping me. And the look on their face as I was like running around like a headless chicken for what? A nice meal. Oh, I love hosting. I love hosting. You should have just hired me to help you. I even bought like candle holders. You bought what? Candle holders, like little candle holders to put those long white candles on. Stop it, Sim. Yeah, and I'm going to buy those like little vases that are thin and then you can put like two or three flowers in them and just like have them on the middle of the dining table. I challenge that. Instead of doing that, get a vase, a huge vase, Mm -hmm. and have it be like a centerpiece thing. Mm -hmm. How big's your dining table? It's not very big. It's like a four-seater. Cool. Well... 
It's <laughs> all I could afford. Maybe those plant test tube things are the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> plant test tube things. Anyway, I hosted one for the last event. My parents were like, oh, so like, what are you cooking your friends for dinner? And I was like, I know I made it bring a plate. Like I'm not cooking as well. And as Indian people, they were so distraught. Like you're inviting people to your house and you're asking them to bring you food. I was like, yep, bring a plate. They were not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. You should have tried harder. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) They should be so lucky to be invited to your house. (laughs) Then to make things worse, my friends were like, oh my God, I love the curry that you made. Like, what did you use to make it? I did not have time to make that curry. I was like, oh, I, um, they were like, oh, did your mum make it? I was like, no, no, no. Even worse. I Uber Eats it before you guys came. Oh yeah. So I would do. It's a little bit embarrassing, but anyway. I'm trying to be a hostess. If you have any hosting tips, please teach me. I brought everyone like alcohol-free drinks and one was like an Aperol spritz alcohol-free drink. They all said it tasted like Fanta, so I was quite embarrassed by that. This is what happens when you try to accommodate people. It just never goes well. (laughs) I'm kidding. From now on, it's water for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) BYO. Yeah, exactly. Now, before we begin, we want to take a moment to thank our season sponsor for powering this week's episode. Are you ready to take control of your financial future and you don't know where to begin? Meet Perla, the Aussie investing platform that makes it easy for anyone to invest in the stock market and build a sensible, diversified portfolio. With Perla, you can start investing with as little as $5. Perla's unique community-driven experience guides you through the process of selecting your investment goals, creating a portfolio tailored to your needs and tracking your progress over time. One of the things that we love most about Perla is their commitment to financial education. Perla commits to empowering investors through tools like template portfolios with access to easier investing and supportive community connections. Perla also offers great insight and data that help pave the way for equitable investing. Their research finds women are investing more of their income than men and more women invest on their platform than men. Perla also walks the walk with open pay transparency to help facilitate open conversations about wage, roles and opportunities within the financial industry. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all the options, Perla's platform is intuitive and easy to use with powerful tools that give you control over your investments. You can track your portfolio's performance, set up automatic and investments and even invite friends and family to invest alongside you. Don't wait to start building your financial future. Check out Perla.com today and start investing in your goals. We are talking about something so much more interesting than that today, which is Meta Shares. Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my goodness. The man has had such a comeback. I don't think any person under 40 has seen such a comeback in popularity as this billionaire. Like I would say if we did a study right now, Mark Zuckerberg would be the most like billionaire in this moment in time. And if you had said that to me a year ago, me and Sonia would have been like, no. I still don't believe you. Is it because everyone else is just terrible? And like comparatively, it's like he's less. (laughs) Yeah. Comparatively, he's like slightly less annoying, still problematic, still a billionaire, like still someone that, you know, has done some things that are very questionable, but he's become more likable. And I think it was the photo of him and Israel Adesanya and some other UFC fighter. And it was like Mark looking jacked because Elon Musk had like challenged him to a boxing match 
when you see someone that looks like Mark Zuckerberg and then you see him like with a six pack and he's like been putting in the reps. So you might be thinking, okay, what does this mean? You might have noticed that Meta shares are up more than 135% this year. You might be wondering, have I missed the boat, Simran? Is it too late to be investing? Should I buy Meta shares? But then Threads came out. And as you know, Threads is a recent app. It is called the Twitter Killer, which I think is such good PR. And it's an app that is essentially like Twitter. Nothing more special about it, but what makes it different is you sign up to it using your Instagram account. So if you have Instagram, you now can very easily make a Threads account. It is so crazy that it gained so many users in such a short amount of time. In the first five days, guess how many people joined Threads? A billion. Okay, no, that was too... Okay, that's so good. I'm so sorry. I shot for the stars. A million. No, that's too low. A hundred million. Okay, cool. (laughs) I just got so stressy. (laughs) This is the first and last time I ever do that with you. (laughs) So for context, ChatGPT took two months to get a hundred million users. Threads took five days. Even TikTok took nine months to get a hundred million users. And it's because of the ease of jumping on. So there's a lot of reasons why people are obviously looking at it and if you're like hey Simran for ethical reasons I do not want to invest in meta that is so fair enough this episode is for the people that have looked not past the ethical boundaries but have decided that it is something for them so here are the reasons why you from a financial point of view should or shouldn't consider meta shares but I just want to acknowledge that for some people regardless of these answers they're just not into meta they're not meta fans Mark Zuckerberg does not excite them and that's okay we are all in it together and to those people I'm here speaking to you directly Sims talking to everyone else sounds about right so I just love chaos I'm so sorry I'm trying to rile everyone up today. (laughs) So today me and Sonia are going to fight because this is what we do professionally. And I'm going to share reasons for buying MetaShares. I've got two very compelling reasons. I think they might convince you. And then you have two reasons why we shouldn't buy MetaShares. And at the end of the day, we encourage you to make your own decisions. Hi, FMA. I'm kidding. (laughs) If you like me better as a person, I'm kidding. (laughs) Then you would buy the shares, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I want to start off strong. I'm going to go first. Reason number one, why you should consider buying meta shares. So if you've been on threads, you will have noticed that they don't actually have ads right now as of time of recording. Ads are how Meta makes money through their platforms like Facebook, through their platforms like Instagram. Obviously, it's free for us to sign up. So they give us all the opportunities to jump online, get addicted to their apps. And then what they do is they will ask advertisers to put ads onto this platform of theirs, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, and now whether it is Threads. The reason why this is so clever is that Twitter, which is Elon Musk's company, which is also Thread's competitor, has been losing advertisers left, right, and center. Twitter is going through her flop era like no one has seen before. Twitter has allowed for a lot of hate speech, a lot of content that is 
unsavory a lot of bots like there's just been so many controversies where a company like let's say coca-cola as a random example might go hey this is like messy i don't really want to align myself it's like if you hang out with a really messy couple you don't want to like be around them in public you're like i am friends with them but i don't want people to know this because i don't want my personality to be tarnished by what these people are doing that's how advertisers look at brands that they advertise on Threads is a fresh start. And so what has been proposed by the Bank of America's analysts is that Threads could add between $2 billion to $3 billion per year to Meta's revenue starting from next year. So this range did not just come out of their ass. It was found by looking at Threads reaching on an average of 250 million average users and then looking at the average revenue per user or the ARPU and using that in the ballpark of half of what Twitter's ARPU has been in 2021, which is $23, which means that the average amount of revenue per user from Twitter's $23 They're doing the half of that and they're going to say, okay, this is quite an obtainable number. And based off that, they could add to Meta's overall standing an extra cool two to three billion next year in revenue. That is worth looking at because if any company that you were investing in added two to three billion dollars extra in revenue, would you not like look twice? Would you not consider the fact that this might be something that continues to boost them. And they're taking a model that's already worked and applying it again to a company that's newer. I have several things to say. I'll start with this. Oh, my God. One. (laughs) Wow. This is a Threads hate train. I'm kidding. One is that I think the reason that they got a hundred million users is because no one read the fine print of like if you make a Threads account, people jumped on because like everyone was talking about it. Everyone was like, "Oh, what is this?" And then they look at it. They've created their account. And they're like, "Oh, I don't want this anymore." They try to delete it. If you try to delete your Threads account, you have to delete your insta account and i think that is just like why would that not be a little bit more obvious upon sign up because what if someone doesn't want this anymore and it's just like do we really need another platform that is basically just like a facebook status because don't people do announcements on the instagram anyway like okay you tell me you are jumping onto threads what are we doing Like, what are we posting? We're just posting fun, fresh things. Like if I was waiting in line in the airport and I saw something funny, but I don't want to take a photo because that's rude, I would just talk about it on my threads. What am I going to do? Put up a blank screen on my Instagram story and share what I thought? Ew. Well, what were you doing before that? Thinking it in my head. Really? Because I think what people were doing before that (laughs) was doing the blank screen or they were using the opportunity to be like... Here, let me film myself storytell because storytelling content always does really well, either on Instagram or TikTok. It is a Facebook status. What's well, a tweet? It's a tweet. My thing is with the whole Elon Musk thing. But you love Twitter. I thought you would like Twitter. Ew. When's the last time I was on Twitter? I don't know. In 2014? That's a lie. 15? 20? <laughs> it was still three years ago. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was on it because the pandemic. Anyways, but I think it's something to be said when you were talking about advertising and like how advertisers don't really want to be on Twitter anymore. I think it's so interesting. This is why CEOs shouldn't really have a personality. Oh my God. No, I'm kidding. That was like a harsh way to say it, but I just mean like a CEO that's constantly in the news for their controversial opinions about xyz or whatever it is going to impact the company's reputation and that does have consequences and i don't think people realized it like i think he still has a level of arrogance that musk character whereas like mark zuckerberg is a little bit he's a little bit of a nerd like he has an instagram but it's like very Dare I say it, like, wholesome. He kind of comes across like an underdog, which is so funny because he's a billionaire. And it's like the marketing strategy to convince me to feel sorry for Mark Zuckerberg and to be like, I hope he wins this billionaire race between Elon and him is insane. And it should be studied. I think you have gone off to a great start. My counterpoint to this and something that was going to be my second point, but I bumped it to my first point because I think it's more relevant. I feel like Meta, there is just such a lack of trust from the public. I think that Zuckerberg, Meta, everyone involved within the companies and the multiple things that they have under it, I think they're going to have to work harder and diligently over the next few years to gain that trust back. I think Meta's faced and continues to face a lot of regulatory, is that how you pronounce it? Regulatory scrutiny and legal challenges related to privacy, data handling, antitrust concerns, and content moderation. And with all of those issues, it results in, yeah, lack of trust from the public. But as an investor, what we really need to be thinking about is fines, legal expenses, damage to the company's reputation, which we need to care about the value of a company, you know, and that might raise more doubts about its future stability and growth. When you talk about, oh, a billion to two billion, that is a projection. We need to know how many people are using like the site and will continue to use it because I feel like it was just such an initial like, oh, what is this? Come to find that it's just a Facebook service or tweets. And I think that the business model of Meta, it relies quite heavily on collecting and using user data for like targeted advertising. And I think more and more people are starting to be uncomfortable and privacy is becoming more of an issue for people comparatively to like a few years ago. And I don't know, I think when you're thinking about companies as a whole and you're thinking about the reputation like of someone, going back to the privacy issue thing, there was an article that I was reading the other day and Mark Zuckerberg posted a photo on his Instagram to his cool 12 million followers and it was a picture of his family. It was his wife, his infant daughter, two kids. He had covered the kids' faces. And he's like, okay, if you, the founder of Facebook, CEO of Facebook, of Meta, sorry, I keep saying Facebook. I keep thinking of the social network movie as well, and Andrew Garfield and all the things. If you, the founder of Facebook and the current CEO of Meta, 
and all the things are covering your children's faces on a public platform, should we be concerned? Because I think there's a lot of discourse at the moment going on about influencers showing their kids and using kids as content. But I think it's deeper than that. Like when you're posting photos of your children, even if you think, oh, I'm just posting it to my 300 friends, anyone could do anything with that data. And when you're uploading your files and your content to these websites, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have control over them. And it doesn't mean that you own that anymore either. And so I think that also is like kind of a red flag because I'm just like why are you not showing your kids if everyone else is yeah so I think the main point I want to get across is that there are real valid reasons that has led to a lack of public trust threads great I feel like it's like a great thing that we've talked about for a little bit it'd be interesting to see how threads is doing in five ten years I might be like oh my gosh what was I thinking like so and you're like how could you think like that it's now the next big thing but will it really be you know I'll be honest I wish I was kind of arguing the reasons not to buy meta shares because those are all so much more valid points but rest assured I will be trying to do the side justice there is one more reason why you might be valuing meta at a higher rate and consider buying meta shares and that is the power of the network effect the fact that you are dealing with something that is now intertwined with facebook itself with instagram itself the case in point is that it is able to reach its user base so much more intensely and what people have found is that if someone is jumping on something like threads they're doing it with their instagram account which means that there's more I don't want to say like public perception at play, but there is more understanding of like anything I say, this is linked to my actual personal Instagram and I'm not like a troll account. And to make a troll account on threads, you would have to make a troll account on Instagram and then link it over. It's too much work. So you've got more of a positive platform being created just from the sole fact that people are less likely to be like, hey, Sim and Sonia, you're fat. If it's like linked to their actual Instagram account, we have... A lot of trolls on Twitter. I mean, the other day I logged in on Twitter just to like see, and there was a video of a TikTok when it was like, when two dull best friends make a podcast and then someone tagged Girls That Invest. And I was like, what? That's so mean and so uncalled for. That is actually a good point. And I don't mean to interrupt so early in your point, you know, I don't want to be rude or whatever. But do you not think people just make a fake Instagram account to then make a fake thread? If these people have the time. Well, I said like it's obviously possible and some people will, but it's just a barrier. So the purpose of Threads by Mark Zuckerberg was to create it as a more, you know, positive platform because more positive family-friendly platforms are, again, and it all comes back down to advertisers, more beneficial for advertisers. They're going to feel more comfortable to align themselves on this app. But for me, I think the most powerful thing with Threads is that If you are a business owner, you would have used like the Facebook business suite system. I always forget what it's called, but that lets you run ads on Instagram and Facebook at the same time. So let's say I own like a shoe company and I want to create an ad for that company. It is very easy for me to cross advertise on my Instagram and cross advertise on Facebook Now with threads in the mix, it's going to be another place for me to advertise. And so you're going to make it so much easier. Like if I was trying to decide between advertising on Twitter 
which is where I'd have to create a separate account and make separate advertising content and kind of like copy and paste it all over. Or I click one button and instead just advertise to threads. I'm going to do the path of least resistance. Like if I'm already creating this big campaign and it's like, hey, do you want to put this on threads too? I'll be like, hell yeah. Instead of, oh no, let me just copy and paste this and put it on Twitter. It's like a bigger account. So you're just like streamlining the access, not only of people that use it as the user base, but you're streamlining what advertisers can do. And if we know anything about human behavior, people are lazy and they're going to look at this. And I think they're more likely to choose threads over Twitter because of the fact that it's all kind of under one umbrella. I always think it's interesting when it's like a one or the other thing. I feel like in life, most of the time we're picking the lesser evil and it's what it feels like. Yeah. But I'm so glad that you brought ads up because that was actually my second point. Look at us with these segues, you know? I feel like there's such smooth transitions into me just destroying your points. Oh my God, what the heck? Where did this come from? (laughs) (laughs) No, but honestly, ads were going to be one of the reasons that I feel like maybe let's reconsider (laughs) investing in meta and it's because there's actually been a little bit of a drop in ads and that was reported for the first time in a very long time or the first time ever in 2022. One of the most significant portions of meta's revenue if you didn't know comes from advertising and that's been a top of conversation when we're talking about meta when we're talking about Facebook Instagram for a very long time and when they reported a drop in ads in terms of a drop in revenue with their ads on these platforms, it can be perceived as a bad thing for the company because advertising is a crucial, if not the most important consistent source of income for Meta. And to paint a picture, in 2022, the revenue of $116.61 billion that Meta made, a lot of money, got to give it to them, approximately 98% of that came from advertising. Now, there was an article that was written by a guy called John Loomer, who is a Facebook ad expert. He actually wrote a pretty insightful piece after Meta dropped its Q1 2023 earnings report. It's not that Meta has stopped running so many ads. It's that the price has dropped. And advertisers can see that as a great thing. Like, oh my gosh, yay, Like, it's cheaper to run my ads on these platforms. But They're running more and more ads for a cheaper price and you really have to look at, is that an effective thing to do? Because as a user, if I'm seeing more and more ads and it's coming up in like all these different places, it's going to change the way that we want to use the platform. And that's from a consumer perspective, which you have to consider as an investor. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone, and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. 
Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. And also to add on to that, an interesting piece of news, if you will, came out this month, which was British Columbia, which is a province here in Canada. They actually dropped Facebook, Instagram advertising because Meta came out saying that it was going to block particular news outlets and block Canadian news from social media platforms. So the British Columbia government (laughs) has stopped advertising on Facebook and Instagram, and they want to do that to send a message to Meta, like, excuse me, why are you doing this? And I think that actually it leads me to believe like what politics are you wanting to promote and engage? And that makes me like, I'm so glad I deactivated my Facebook because I did. And I think that speaks to my first point of just the privacy issue. I know what people are going to say. They're going to be like, Sonia, you know, we have to look at the bigger picture. We know that companies will experience fluctuations in their income, for example, Meta's ad revenue over time. And I say, I get that. I really do. But I think for me, it just adds into a bigger picture of ethics. And I think if you're already thinking about, hey, what are my morals? What are my values? Who am I wanting to invest in? Then that's something to consider. Look, it's valid. I understand where you're coming from. You are heard. This is a place where you are heard and I see your points and they're very clear and I wish I could say I agree, but in this episode, I'm trying to fight a good fight for our friend Mark. Yeah, and I get that. The day that I sympathize with a billionaire, I'm underground, I'm six feet under, I'm not alive. Like there's no way that you could evoke that emotion from me. Not only Mark Zuckerberg, I'll give him that, but just billionaires in general, if you were interested to know where I stand with that, I couldn't make it any more clear. Now, with all that being said, I didn't say that I wasn't a hypocrite because (laughs) guess who invests in the S&P 500, Sim? (laughs) I think that's you and me. Guess who's part of the S&P 500, Sim? (laughs) Meta. You and me? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, goals. That's going to be you soon. I feel like it is. Fingers crossed. Girls that invest on the S&P 500, just give it 10 years. Yeah. Well, that's not a very long time. The time will pass anyway. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Don't stress me out. I'm just trying to get through the day. That's also a very valid point. I mean, we both have meta shares, if not directly, indirectly. And while it might not be like hundreds of thousands of dollars, oh my goodness, but it's at least like 20 bucks. And that is still being invested in meta shares. I want to summarize my points. The reasons why I think Meta shares could be a buy is they're estimated to make at least two to three billion dollars in revenue next year, and it's quite an attainable number. And they've also 
streamlined the access for advertisers. So it all just comes down to money. They've created a new platform that advertisers love. It's family friendly. It's more of a positive space and it's going to help boost their revenue because look, let's be honest, Instagram is dying. We know this. Facebook has died. We know this. For them to find some hero product to somehow continue their lifeline is really valid. And as a company that invested an embarrassing amount of money into this metaverse concept, like I think they've made a good step. It's a step in the right direction, but that's not enough. And so what are the reasons in summary of why we shouldn't invest in MetaShares? Lack of public trust, privacy, and just the situation with ads, to be honest with you, like what's happening there? Like what's the strategy behind that? In summary, I think something that's actually still worth mentioning is regardless of where you stand, if you're like, no, it's not for me, or you think it is, Threads is still in its infancy. There is still a lot of potential, but equally there is just as much uncertainty. And so from a personal point of view, I don't know if I could decide if I wanted to invest in them. Another thing that's worth mentioning is MetaShares aren't just based on their work with threads like this is a small portion of it they still have to account for facebook they still have to account for instagram they have all these other products that you need to weigh up as opposed to saying oh i love threads therefore i'm going to buy metashares so with that i think that's a really good place to wrap up this episode if you've enjoyed this episode if you have taken away something if we have ever provided you value please take a screenshot Put Girls and Invest on your story on Instagram, funnily enough. And it helps grow our podcast so much. It helps us reach new audiences that can benefit from becoming investie besties, that can benefit from growing their wealth. And it just means the world to us. Thank you so much for the people that have already been doing so. And we will see you next week. Until next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer. Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.